0: You're listening to Consensus Conversations 2023 by Coindesk. We're coming to you from the Brave Podcast Studio at Consensus 2023. Brave is the privacy browser used by almost 60 million people worldwide. It has everything you need to stay safe online. Check them out today at brave.com. Hello, and welcome to Consensus Conversations 2023, coming live from the Brave Podcast Studio here in Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Michelle Musso, and I am here with Senator Cynthia Lummis, who has been dubbed the crypto queen for her efforts in the Senate to advocate for the digital asset industry, educating her colleagues on the state of crypto and believe it or not, for purchasing her first Bitcoin in 2013. Welcome, Senator. I'm truly honored to be speaking with you today. Michelle, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me. You were here last year, Consensus 2022, and the feeling was completely different. You were here with a fellow counterpart, Senator Gillibrand, after announcing that bill that you put into play. It was on the cusp of the crypto winter, was just starting when that happened. We were going into a bear market and the times have changed so much since then, the fall of FTX, the dynamics in the crypto industry. What is your take and what are your feelings on this past year and where we are today? We
1: used last year to roll out the Financial Innovation Act, mm-hmm. responsible management of crypto assets, laying our traditional regulatory framework and layering it with crypto assets. So in the last year what we've seen in washington is a very slow thaw in that crypto winter that you just described because of that we are reworking the bill Mm -hmm. uh, in ways that provide additional layers of consumer protection and we'll be rolling it out again in about four to six weeks. Oh, that's exciting! That more statutory
0: language to that to that bill. That's correct. Okay, I, I read through it about consumer protection and offsetting the cost of digital asset regulation. And it was very uniquely bipartisan. The two of you coming together from different parties to be able to create this, being women in, in Congress, it was very powerful when you did that. And I think it made a statement. I'm sure you're gonna be asked this question over and over and over again. Regulation, regulation, regulation. You have Japan put web three in its national economic plan. The EU just approved the landmark Mika regulation. The UK is making moves to become a crypto hub. What is the status of regulation in the US? I know you said there's a cooling off period, but to put it bluntly, and most people wanna know, what
1: is the holdup? It's a fair question. And in fact, we're having European countries mm-hmm. say, We want you to regulate. We want you to legislate US, yeah. So uh, we need to move forward, and we need to do it by statute. Right now, regulation by enforcement action Mm -hmm. through the SEC is something we're seeing. We're seeing efforts to work with the OCC, the Office of Comptroller of the Currency, to create stone walls, and they're in the executive branch seems to be strong resistance to moving forward in a positive way Mm -hmm. with regulating digital assets or even allowing digital assets to find avenues into the U.S. economy. So it's very important that we legislate sooner rather than later. We're seeing the House Financial Services Committee Mm -hmm. taking positive steps towards putting out a legislative product. I continue, of course, to work with Senator Gillibrand in the Senate and with other senators on a very bipartisan basis. In the Senate, it has to be bipartisan. In the House, because the House is a sort of a winner-take-all legislative body, It's possible to legislate on a one-party basis. You can't do that in the Senate. So we've worked extremely hard to keep it bipartisan in the Senate. And my staff and Senator Gillibrand's staff are trying to bring more staffers into the discussion. So regardless of whether our bill moves first, meaning the Senate bill, or the house moves first on this subject we need to make sure it remains bicameral and bipartisan Mm,
0: it's powerful last week maybe a little over a week ago representative mchenry spoke directly to sec chair gary gensler and there was quite a few dramatic clips from that and when you speak to resistance why do you feel that gary gensler in particular did not give a straight answer to mchenry's Question: Whether you know if you're putting any regulation to play or if you're not, just let the people know because the public is watching that. Please answer. Mm-hmm. Please answer. Give us some kind of guideline. I mean, if I'm driving down the road, I want to know what the speed limit is. I want to know if I can pass. It's a passing lane. It keeps us safe and protected. Uh, and the same thing goes in the crypto industry. We're looking and we're begging for regulation. So. Is there anything you could speak to that as to why he didn't give him a direct answer? You know, it's very theatrical.
1: Now, I'm speculating here now too, Michelle, because I'm a Republican. The administration is in uh, Democrat hands. And so I'm an outsider as to what is driving their- Agenda? Agenda. Mm. But from an outsider, it looks to me like they are still trying to formulate their agenda but their agenda right now is to slow walk everything Mm. and to keep everyone out of the traditional financial sector in the United States when it comes to digital assets, to cryptocurrency. It's a terrible approach, especially when we're seeing globally other entities get ahead of us and we're playing catch-up ball. So it's incumbent upon the legislative branch to provide the executive branch guidance to give them the statutory framework to legislate in this area. So what I think if anything, Senator Gillibrand and I are going to be in a position working with Mm. Congressman McHenry and his Democrat counterpart, Congresswoman Waters, we need to come up with something that's bicameral and bipartisan and get it passed. Because globally, we're putting businesses, businesses that are here at Consensus, in a position where they're going to vote with their feet. They're going to take their businesses to Europe, to Australia, to Bermuda, and find a friendly jurisdiction to their business model, that is so contrary to what has been the American approach to innovation in the past. And so Senator Gillibrand has been a strong partner, a strong advocate for legislation, for not deferring to the executive branch to create policy here. It is our responsibility as legislators to create policy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are still very devoted to that notion. And so we are going to continue to work in that way. Uh, One of the things that Senator Gillibrand and I are doing is trying to work really carefully to listen to the feedback we're getting post FTX failure Mm -hmm. as we come out of the so-called crypto winter so we're adjusting the bill in ways that are sensitive to the concerns that people have and yet move it forward in a way that doesn't stifle innovation.
0: Speaking to what you were just talking about, you know, offshoring crypto, the former US intelligence officials have flagged the national security risks of doing so. Uh, do you see similar risks or have similar concerns for that?
1: I do and so do other members of Congress. Mm-hmm. But they also are, in some cases, pushing back on our efforts to move forward legislatively without more robust financial technology undertakings that protect our national security. So we're also working with the Intelligence Committee, members of the Intelligence Committee, and the executive branch as they see concerns in cryptocurrency as to our security as a nation to protect ourselves from financial crimes committed in cryptocurrencies. But, you know, if you talk to companies that do forensic work in the cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. space, uh, they'll tell you that they think it's easier to solve a crime that's committed in cryptocurrency than is committed in fiat currency. That message has not sunk in. Wow, that's huge in Washington DC. (laughs) So we continue Mm -hmm. to work with companies like Chainalysis uh, to help us educate our colleagues about the state of the art of solving crimes committed in cryptocurrency.
0: That's very important and very informative. What is the staff accounting bulletin 121 that I hear about and how is that impacting the industry? Yeah, that's I
1: cannot understand why the SEC has taken that approach. It seems to me that quite the opposite approach should be taken. This would allow for the continued inclusion of custodied assets on the balance sheet of a custodian. And the assets, the custodied assets, belong to individuals. They don't belong to the company that is the custodian, they belong to the individuals. So I think that it's very important that we push back against that bulletin and probably do it legislatively, make it clear to them that custodied assets belong to the asset holder, not to the custodian, and should not be counted on the balance sheet as an asset of the custodian.
0: Thank you for breaking that down. I appreciate that. A side step here. My family comes over as a, mostly everyone is immigrant historically. the Early 1900s Italian Jewish families that come over. You know, they work really hard. As you know, you come from cattle rancher in Wyoming. You understand about working extremely hard and saving up your money, doing due diligence, you know, providing for your family, etc. My father's 72 years old and he just came to me last week, and he's still working. He's not retired, but he's still working. He came to me last week, and he knows I do this. I, you know, when he coined us, like that crypto stuff, you know, what is it? He was always asking me more information. Because right now on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, there's all this fear out there when it comes to inflation and taxes and the SEC and what's happening to crypto. But he comes up to me and he asks me, Michelle, do I need to be worried about my cash? Do I need to be worried about my dollar? Should I buy that cryptocurrency and that Bitcoin? Is there anything you could speak to the fears that I can maybe share to someone like my dad? Or anything you can share with us?
1: Well, I would say inflation is eating into the value of his US dollar. And so while you need some liquidity in the form of US dollars, it's also valuable to not have all your eggs in the same basket. So, I advocate for a very diversified asset allocation Mm -hmm. because when some are up, others are down. So I would say to your father, listen to your daughter Mm -hmm. and invest in some digital assets that she has confidence in and that will and have thus far withstood the test of time. There are digital assets that have not the test of time, FTT, which was a cryptocurrency that was a digital asset that was created by FTX. So we all know about failures, but let's look at the the ones that have withstood the test of time. And for people who are not comfortable with the technology, I say, invest a little bit in. Everything. Everything. Have some. Have some cryptocurrency. Have some U.S. dollars. Have some exposure to bonds and stocks. Mm-hmm. Some of those will be a long-term store of value that you'll want to keep for a very long time. To me, that's the purpose of Bitcoin. Is it's a store of value. But I also, you know, keep some cash. I also have some investments in bonds and stocks, mostly through mutual funds. But I have a few that I own and individually and disclose on my Senate financial disclosure. <laughs> <Good for you. laughs> so it's just good to have a diverse set of assets when you're approaching retirement. And even if you never retire, it's just good to have those that variety of assets in your portfolio. And I recommend to people my age, mhm that learn about digital assets from people who are young and knowledgeable. A lot of people my age, I'm a lot closer to your father's age, we just don't know about mm-hmm. these. And, and I've always said to people, if you don't understand it, don't buy it. If you don't understand it, don't invest in it. But in the case of cryptocurrency, I think it's important even for those of us who are uh, baby boomers, mm-hmm. to talk to knowledgeable young people Get some advice from them about how to properly purchase and custody reliable digital assets and understand their use case. Understand whether they're a store of value or whether they have other utility as a means of exchange and let young people help you. Put your toe in the water with this Mm -hmm. asset because we know because of inflation that the value of the US dollar is declining every day that it sits in our pockets. Mm. Yes, you need that liquidity, but the value of it is declining and declining pretty fast in our inflationary environment. Mm
0: -hmm. Changing times. Indeed. (laughs) We'll wrap up here shortly because I know you have to get onto other things as well. What made you, in 2013, go out and buy, here you are, and the House Representatives, go out and, and, and get a Bitcoin. Yeah, I know it sounds what, what's crazy. Sparked, it's, I, <laughs> it, it sounds crazy. When I
1: when I was reading about it, I was like, no way. What made you do that? Well, I was listening to my uh, now son-in-law and my daughter describe Bitcoin. It sounded interesting, but a little science fiction-y to yeah. me at the time. <laughs> so, you know, I bought one in hopes that I would learn more about it. I did, I bought two more. And then in 2017, when I left the U.S. House of Representatives, I was invited to speak at the Satoshi Roundtable. And I was invited to speak on the subject of how does Congress work. I was delighted to go because I don't know enough about Bitcoin at that point to even talk about it. But I did know enough to talk about Congress. I sat... Uh, That year, the Satoshi Roundtable was in Cancun, and I thought, oh, this will be great. I'll I'll go give my little talk, and then I'll (laughs) sit on the beach. And I went there and gave my little talk, and I never went to the beach. And we were in a windowless room for two days, and I sat there and listened to miners and investors and the people who keep the algorithms and having this big dialogue about forks and Bitcoin cash and all that. I was fascinated by it, and that was the point at which I think I went down the rabbit hole and kind of got orange, (laughs) what do you call it now, orange-pilled. And after that, it generated the interest that I began to cultivate. Then when I was elected to the U.S. Senate and arrived there, I realized that this is a maturing Mm. asset class that nobody in the U.S. Senate knows anything about. And so it became apparent that uh, if I could hone in my knowledge about this subject, that it would be a valuable set of knowledge to the US Senate. Mm -hmm. And so I've tried to learn more all along. I brought in some really, really brilliant staffers. And uh, we put together the piece of legislation and worked with Senator Gillibrand and her staff on it. I think that between Senator Gillibrand and I, uh, we've had this wonderful opportunity, working with our staffs, to elevate the knowledge and discussion in the US Senate about this subject. Congressman McHenry in the House and some of his colleagues, Democrat Ro Khanna, for example, and others have done the same thing in the House. Mm-hmm. Tom Emmers, you know, there's good bipartisan, effort being made. And now it's time to roll it out. It's really time to address it because Europe is doing it. Luxembourg is deeply involved. Switzerland is deeply involved. The UK wants to become a center. And we still see pockets of tremendous innovation here in the United States. Miami, Florida, the state of Wyoming created the first special purpose depository institution law and another set of laws, state laws that are very robust and are turning out to be models for other states. These are innovations uh, that the United States needs to grasp and move forward and continue to allow innovation while creating a regulatory environment that is understood. And it goes back, Michelle, to what you said earlier about we need to know what the rules of the road are. Mm -hmm. And to not know and have to learn what those rules are through enforcement actions or through slaps on the hand or fines, Mm. that is not the way that we do things in the United States. We've always been a center of innovation. So why we're getting behind the eight ball in the area of digital assets is beyond me. But Senator Gillibrand and I are committed to getting past that point. And I'm so excited to be here at Consensus with uh, Representative McHenry so we can continue to have that discussion and drive this debate and gather momentum and move this thing
0: forward. Well, I thank you so much for your valiant effort here for all of us and for meeting with me today at Consensus with Coindesk. And this has been a great time and a great chat, and I appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Coindesk. <music>